Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the More You Know podcast hosted by Noah Scott, which is me. Uh, I've taken some time away to kind of refocus what I want this podcast to be about. Instead of me just blabbering facts to you guys, I want to give everybody an opportunity to listen to conversations of people that know what they're talking about in certain topics. So I want to have more guests and less of me talking for 20, 30 minutes. I wanted to discuss women's basketball and just basketball in general or any other life lessons that some of my friends that play women's basketball could teach us about. So today with me, I have Brianna Sanders. Okay. Oh, <laughs> she's a she's a junior from fresno california she plays at uh, arizona state and i also have avina westbrook from salem oregon she's a transfer junior at the university of connecticut so i obviously can't speak for you guys because i'm not a female nor do i play college basketball but uh just like do you guys feel like women's basketball gets the credit they deserve for, like, skill level and the ability to play the game, like, at a high level? I don't know. Something um, along I, those lines. And me personally, I think it's definitely um, in the era of, like, changing. Um, and I think that women's basketball is becoming a lot more noticed and just um, – just – like appreciated, I think. Um, but I think there, there's definitely um, a lot of people who just, you know, put put women down, women women basketball players in general down, just because you know we're women and we're females, and we can't do, you know, we can't dunk all the time, or like the men might be able to. But um, what it comes down to is like we put in the same amount of work that men do, um, even though we don't have the physical genes and the body type that men play with we put in we put in so much work to become like where we're at and so I think it's a little frustrating especially as a women's basketball player um to hear the comments and people who don't really know what they're talking about especially those people who've never played who've never dribbled a ball in their life to really speak on um so that's that can be frustrating at times but um in retrospect I definitely do think it's it's turning turning a page why do people on Twitter feel like it's okay to throw down other like women athletes? Like, did you see that video of um, the kid dancing in the Kyrie jersey? Yeah, no, yeah. like people are literally like, <laughs> my little brothers have to stand up for like me and my sister mm-hmm. for a point. Like, oh, like she's actually good. Oh no, like I could beat her. Like my little brothers, are like no, you can't. How are you gonna be like a college athlete? Like at the end of the day, these little five-year-old or ten-year-old or thirty-year. I always find it like I know a lot of college and pro basketball players and I feel like they're the ones that or most of them at least are the ones that speak out about it seem that to understand the fact that you guys like you said of being put in the work and work just as hard and like skill wise I know probably like 25 players that are more skilled than some college male athletes at least like off that like that I can name off the top of my head like mm-hmm. obviously there're more but like 
I don't know. I just think that most of the people that bash it are the people that are supposed to be the ones watching. Mm-hmm. So, I saw this. I saw this tweet. The guy said it's easier to get a a scholarship for women's basketball than it's for men's basketball. Like I, it's not the same amount of people on each side. Right. I, <laughs> like, right. That's just definitely like a person who doesn't have like information on the situation or something like yeah. that. I just think the overall aspect of like social media too, just where people feel like they can say whatever on the screen, but in the face, like they wouldn't, they would never say that to my face. Right. Like, uh, just, uh, just the fact, just the fact that we're women, like you would never go up to a grown man. You never go up to Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant. I mean, some people do and like they're reckless about it, but because we're females and we're portrayed as, you know, um, being nice and we don't, we don't speak up and, you know, we're not about such and such. Like they, they feel the way that, they can talk to us however they want to, which is false. Right. I saw, uh, actually, funny you said that. Like, a few months ago, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Lexi Brown played, like, a dude one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And apparently it was – he apparently, allegedly, he was, like, a D3 hooper. He didn't look very good to me. But, like, she smacked him, like, 15 to, like, 7 or something. And I just thought that was kind of funny because, like, he was talking mad crazy. Like, she's in the league, bro. Like, you don't get it. Like, Yeah. No, I swear. Right. If you're a professional anything – like, that's all I need to hear, right? That's all I need to hear. Even if you're not, like, because, like, college for women's basketball is, I feel like, is way more high level than college and men's basketball is because there's less mm-hmm. opportunity to play post-graduation. Right. But, like, it's also funny, like, how you're talking about social media. I think that um, people, people on there don't really – a lot of people just say things to say things, and they don't mm-hmm. really they don't really think about what they're saying. Like, honestly if we're a good team you call a good team we're a good team so it's not like you know we're gonna win but you know that you're gonna see like people working their butt off so why don't people like that why don't people want to see that to be honest i can't think of a real reason other than there's always been a negative connotation on the game because at one point females probably weren't receiving the coaching or training to be as skilled as a male so they were receiving negative feedback, like, oh, they're not as good, blah, blah, blah. Now we're in mm-hmm. a different time where, like I said, I know some females that are better than some males, like that play at a high level skill-wise. Right. And so it's just kind of shifting the narrative and figuring out, oh, okay, they're just as good. And I think that, like, Instagram and, like, social media – and, like, TV is is going to do, like, a great job. Like, I thought, like, the Final Four, like, the last two years was, like, super exciting. Or even, like, the whole women's tournament was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Barring, like, the first two rounds are pretty boring because yeah. there's less good teams. Like, the okay, I'm keeping it 100 with y'all. Like, the first two rounds are mad boring because I know <laughs> who's going to win. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. let's be real right. here. Y'all aren't losing to a 16. Have either of you been keeping up with the U.S. women's soccer team and their success on and off the field? Um, I just think it's it's amazing, um, really, just just to see the type of recognition that they got um, after winning. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of controversy with um, Rapino and, and like a lot of political stuff that go into that. But just overall, just just seeing them win 
um, and how much appreciation that they got and admiration from just fans and just overall people from throughout, I think, uh, just gave women's sports a, a yeah, no, I agree. I think that uh, that like helped their sport so much, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of perfect timing with how everything is going like in society. Right. And I think that like next year, like the Olympics will be another good opportunity for like women's basketball to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, on a different scale because the Olympics is like multiple sports. But now that people are more aware of their success and right. and how women's sports can be exciting and how they're selling out like selling out stadiums for their sport right why can't we do that for basketball mm-hmm. or softball whatever any other sports me and Ivina's old um AU team we would listen to like old school music all the time like that's, that's all super the time. like now nah, when I played they all were the listening time. to like Uzi I'm not an Uzi fan do what you want when you popping. Oh, yeah. I didn't go through that. That's right. You're like, <laughs> oh, oh my god. Yeah, yeah I'm. Miss, I'm what am I listening to? I miss being around Bree, and it was, it was never. A I didn't hear. I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. I think the the women who came before us, or you know, even in the WBA and playing right now, they're mm-hmm. they're they're setting it up for us. Um, and even when we get there one day, you know, we have to do the same for the generation that comes after us. Um, so it's it, it's a lot of credit to people who played before us and are playing now. Um, and just kind of just, just setting up the narrative for us to, you know, to be successful and get paid um, as, as we should. Um, so, but I've definitely had different experiences with like proving people wrong. And when I was at uh, Tennessee, my, my two previous years, I was really close with the head men's coach, Coach Barnes. Um, and I remember he, he helped me a lot on my shot and he coached me like he, like I was one of his own in like men's players. And he told me one day, he's just like, you know, I never thought that I could coach a girl, like a, a female, like I coached my guys, but you proved me wrong. Um, so just, just hearing him say like, just hearing him say that and just knowing like the type of person he is. And I mean, if you look him up, he's going to be a hall of fame coach one day, um, so just just hearing just just changing people's views by you know just just showing right. Uh, you mentioned like the WNBA. I felt like last year the WNBA playoffs, like the final two rounds, like Seattle played. I think Seattle played Phoenix, mm-hmm. and then Seattle played Washington. Like those were two of the most like competitive series I've seen in basketball, men or women's like pro. Like that, mm-hmm. those were the most two or the two most competitive series I've seen mm-hmm. in like since I was a little kid, probably like when Kobe was playing. No no bias, but like. I don't right. know. I just felt like it was super competitive, and it was cool because like that was on like that was on ESPN, so like people got an opportunity to see that. And I feel like it was kind of unfortunate for the league that a lot of the star players started the season hurt and things like that. But like I feel like it'll also end on a high note because obviously playoff basketball, man or woman, is exciting. And then I think that like college women's basketball will be exciting again this year because there's a lot of teams that have an opportunity to play. And mm-hmm. it also, like you said, like I think having coaches and people and like figures that are well-respected on the men's side, understanding women's basketball mm-hmm. will help a lot as well. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they have the misconception of, Oh, you know, LeBron is going, just going to women's games, you know, just cause to get, 
like publicity out there, whatever it may be. But I think just in general, like yeah. game recognizes game, whether you're a man, woman, or yeah, no, I agree. Uh, we can kind of shift topics for a little bit, and uh, what kind of music you guys like or like are listening to right now? Um, I'm an old head, so I listen to like old music. So I would say, go ahead and listen to some Luther Vandross. Nah, see, I'm trying night. to go to sleep. <laughs> No, if you're trying to go to sleep on a good <laughs> vibe, go see that Dreamville album. Got me. With Lennox or Lonix. Oh, J. Cole is definitely. J. Cole is. Period. Of all time. J. Cole is period. my favorite rapper. That's why you're my sister. Oh, no. Yes, oh, period. No. Like, exactly. he just he just be talking about real stuff. Like, no one be, everyone be That's talking fair. about the same okay. thing That's he fair. does. That's fair. Been on that J. Cole yeah. wave since. 2010. How old were you in 2010? 10? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was 11. You were 11. You had to to count on your hands. No, I had to count on my head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, because everyone's teaching not just basketball. Like, EYBL is bigger than basketball. It's teaching you how to be a grown woman, like, how to handle yourself. You're going to go through stuff, like, even through adversity, you have, like, cameras in your face, like, it was like a lot of, because um, I didn't really pay, play. Like I was always on the bench, so I just was watching. Um, Low key, shout out to Leah because my favorite song has been Ballin'. I don't know, I can't get it out of my head. But I think Bree, I think that had a lot to do with like the culture that we period, did, yeah. just like the overall Cal Star culture. Like we didn't have people wilding out and just just having Kelly Sopak as he our just coach taught us how like, to. It was, it was just different, so. like you know, like he had so many like, players just, that disrespect, are, yeah. Like, leaders like i don't know anyone that came out of his program that didn't become a leader oh i said i miss au like playing au oh yeah no her i've known her for never a dumb moment with her two years and some change and same like, wait pause okay let's talk about au <laughs> why is eybl for women's basketball <laughs> not as hyped as it is for men's basketball it is though no it's not in it, basketball world it is but not outside of i that. think it there's is there's people I think like our friends like Tanner, who doesn't know anything about basketball like that, and he knows everything about EYBL if he actually cared about it. EYBL for women's is, you know, they're selling our shoes in Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah, they sell. Yeah, yeah. they sell the men's ones on. And for what? That should be limited, yeah. like unlimited. Not no, it should be a special gift only for those athletes. It shouldn't be for girls. It used to. I agree. Yeah, no, they've been they've been, be like they've been doing like that since we were playing. Junior year. Cause I had a few, like I played Adidas, so I can't relate. Y'all are big pimping and all that, but like, like, yeah, you know, three stripes. I need, yeah, something like that. But either way, like, I don't know. I feel like they started doing that because, like, that's easy bread. But at the same time, like, I think uh, women's basketball has to, women's basketball has to click on the pro level. And on the college level, before they can, it can click for recruiting. Because at the end of the day, like all three of us understand that at some point or another, like college basketball is a business. So they're gonna, right, a hundred percent, right. So we understand like, that, don't you? I feel like before they can start giving a lot of praise to recruits, they need players on the level that the players are getting recruited at to be more well known. Which I feel like. Uh, Right. All the media outlets, like major media outlets, like ESPN, Fox, 
CBS, NBC, all that are doing a good job, like, when they have games on of, like, giving, like, player profiles and things like that. That way, like, younger kids can kind of see players, follow players, and then eventually, like I said, like, in a few years, like, when the league when the league is changing and they're adding more, like, TV games and things like that, that'll help all the way around. But I think that AAU is, like, garbage anyways. Garbage to well, maybe not. Maybe I don't know. Like, can y'all talk about this? Because like, I don't really know that much about women's AAU. Because I never experienced that. So like, is it good or no? Women's AAU is way different than men's AAU. Yeah, it's real basketball. Yeah, it's. But there's still people that are using it as like a money grabber, and just have to get their self bigger rather than Mm -hmm. actually getting these girls better. Because there's some like athletes like some crazy athletes right. doing Kyrie moves but they're stuck at a they're never actually going to get out of high school major I feel like majority of the coaches aren't good on both sides of AAU like male and female and there's just like levels to it because EYBL right. since like women's basketball it's so small if you're not good and your coaches and you yeah like it. you guys are getting cut like they don't play that no see I feel that like I feel like well like it's the same thing as far as like competitive as far as being competitive for men, but like, don't get it twisted. There's still terrible men's UIBL coaches. Like, because mm-hmm. if you're play terrible, half these girls have to pay like pay for that. So what are they going to be right. getting coached by a terrible guy that's not going to get them anywhere? Oh, because I'm going to Augusta. Yeah, I'll play for you. No, <laughs> no. Like females like, use their head a little bit more than guys do. Well, I guess that would make sense that it has to be uh, more focused, and you kind of know what you want to get out of the experience. I feel like... I mean, yeah, it's still supposed to be fun, but you're also supposed to be there for a reason. No, I feel like when you're playing at that high of a level, like, it's only fun because that's something you love. It's not fun because it's fun. You get what I'm saying? No, we made it fun. (laughs) No, we made it fun. I don't know. It's it's a hard balance. I feel like you have to be in the perfect situation for that. You just have to put yourself in a, in a situation for that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's either it's either you want to be in it or you don't, and it shows on the court if you don't or you do. A hundred percent. I actually just was telling some kids that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about? Uh, I wanted to do a whole separate podcast about this, but like, uh, I figure since I have you guys here and you guys are probably see it on your timeline, like, what do you guys think of like these like Instagram trainers? I call them Instagram trainers because I don't know what else to call them because they're not Instagram real trainers. trainers. They're not real trainers. That's all you got to I mean, know. they cost the same amount of money as Instagram trainers. I've, I don't know what you Like these trainers that post like drills rid- where they have, to, like, workouts. they have a tire around their back and they're going 700 moves through the feet and then they uh, have to let go of the tire and dunk. <laughs> <laughs> like ungame-like situations. Like yeah. when, um, who was it? Katie Lou? Who made like? Oh yeah, they made like a, yeah. they made like a joke video. Yeah, she mm-hmm. made a joke video doing like all these things that these trainers think they're doing, but then people were like in the comments were like, "Oh, that's such a great idea! Oh, that's amazing!" Because they didn't understand that that was like a whole trolling situation. Like it was a joke. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I see it all the time, and I just think like this is like kind of a segue where I feel like you guys can kind of like talk about your training regimen and, like, things that you guys do? Because I, I would assume you guys are keeping it simple, but obviously playing to your skill level. So, like, what are some of the things you guys do yeah. to 
keep your game like tight, especially in the summer, because it's hard when you're not playing games twice a week. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing on that is like just being in shape. Like I, I heard some. I, I forgot who said it. It was LeBron or somebody that was like, "Oh no, actually, my coach Gino had said it to us." Um, he said, "If if you're always in shape, then you never have to work to get back into shape." Um, so I think that's that's the biggest aspect, especially just going from like the high school level to the college level, the college level to the professional level. Like the the speed of the game changes no matter you know mm-hmm. NBA, WNBA, whatever. Uh, but for me, uh, this year I just had knee surgery, so it's been a little different. I haven't really been able to work out and really condition and run at all um, and practice with my team um, like I want to, uh, obviously, from coming back from surgery. So it's been difficult, but I was, you know, able to be out there and how I usually work out and everything like that. Um I think the time when you're not practicing with your team and everything is that's that part is so vital because you get to you get to mess up by yourself. And I think that's one thing I take really seriously when I go in the gym, I'm by myself. Like I take pride in messing up a thousand times because I know when I get when I get that those things that some people may be nervous about, like I don't get nervous about the throwback to when um, I was in Salem with you for what, like three weeks. And we got up every morning at 5 a.m. Yeah. And, um, like, she's a person. Like, yeah. she's a player that if she doesn't do it right, she's not going to stop. And so we were shooting what was, like, it was, like, 15 foot. We shot 15 foot for, like, 30 minutes because I couldn't get it right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. we, wasn't, so we weren't like, moving no, until you made them. Yeah. Like, Bree, is, Bree called me crazy because I was working on, like, just some form shooting stuff trying to keep it nice and tight. And then I got mad mm-hmm. that, and I threw the ball against the backboard and then started the whole thing over. And she was like, Are, mm-hmm. you're crazy, bro. What's your problem? I was like, nah, nah, nah. It's got to be 100% right. Like, <laughs> if it's not 100% right, I'm out here for no reason. Right. And that's not why I'm out here. So, like, I totally, I totally yeah. get that. I think that what's right. crazy, though, is – and I was talking – No. I it, think it's okay to mess up, though. You know, like if you're, if, especially if you're working out, like it's okay to make mistakes. That's what, that's what a lot of kids don't understand. Like they have to do everything 100% right all the time, go all out. Like, no, like sometimes you need to slow down, work on the little things so mm-hmm. that you can perfect the bigger no, thing. No, 100%. Want, I think they see, I think that's like another thing. Like they see all these moves that these players are doing or things like that. And like, yeah, it's cool to like watch a player and be like, oh yeah, maybe I can, maybe I can do that one day when I get my skill right. But they have to understand like the basics of like, like you said, going right. slow and just understanding the progression. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people don't think about the progression to moves or the progression of your jump shot or the progression of making a 15 footer versus making a three. Like people just want to skip all the way to the end. And like, right. I think that comes from like over glorification yeah. of like these insane 1% basketball players. Like there's probably posts out there that are, doing turn fades over the right shoulder like Brianna Stewart. Like, that's just not happening overnight. Like, right. right. But, yeah, but no one knows that, you know, she stood at the basket for hours every day, um, two feet from the basket doing, you know, a simple jump hook so she could perfect, you know, what, what she does now. Like, little like little things like that that no one that no one sees the the, the process. Right. I think that, like, like, it's dope picture. that you guys can, like, talk about that because – 
like you said, like nobody really sees the bigger picture. So hopefully like there'll be some like kids that listen to this and they'll think about just working on the basics of their dribble, of their ball handling, the basics of their jump shot, the basics of whatever they're doing. Like I saw a video. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who like John ja Morant is. He played at uh, Murray State this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, like, in his backyard mm-hmm. doing defensive slides. Like, that's yep. the next level. Like, I know a lot of good defenders, but, like, that's really crazy. Like, he's practicing defensive slides. I don't know a lot of people doing defensive slides. Yeah. At the end of the day, when it comes – yeah. At the end of the day, especially when it comes to younger kids, as as you said, um, I have an 11-year-old brother, so I know this from experience. And kids, they're going to do whatever they want to do when it comes down to, you know, on the big stage uh, – Okay. You guys having younger siblings? Well, mm-hmm. me as well, but it's a little different for me because my sister doesn't play the same sport as me. But do you guys think that being successful within your sport is like a burden or your siblings feel a, a certain, like they have to be a certain type of level because you guys are, or do you guys think that they kind of are on their own journey? I don't, or that could be a person to person thing. Yeah. Uh, I, you go first. Me? Yeah. Um, I definitely do feel that for my little brother. I have um, four brothers total. I have three older brothers and one younger brother. Um, and I definitely do feel really bad for my younger brother because he's had, he's had, he's obviously seen, like, seen what I've done. And, um, you know, I feel like people expect him to to do what I do but he's not me you know and I wasn't I wasn't my older brother's either I, I took I was on a different path I did different things obviously we played basketball the same sport um but like I'm my own person so I I feel bad when when people get him caught up my my younger brother and he has to he has to live up to his his older sister's name because like that's what you do like no if if he wants to be a singer then he'll like he'll be a singer if he wants to like play football then he'll play football if if he wants to go to D3, then he'll go to D3. It's just really just about being happy. But I definitely do feel bad that people do trap him in this little box that he has to live up to what I did. Yeah. With my little sister, since she's so much um, – there's not that much of a gap in between us, it was always like, um, like, Ari, are you going to Arizona State? Are you going to a Pac-12 school? What are you doing, Ari? Are you going to be – like, it was always not like – it was everything – that my little sister did it was after my journey it wasn't because she was trying to create a path for her own and I like she would like cry to me and stuff and just say I was frustrated and this I think it's like not fair for people to try to pressure like my sister is more talented than me mm-hmm. in like a bunch of other stuff like maybe I'm gonna better in basketball maybe it's had a better position to be in I think yeah. uh, like for me like I'm like I'm pretty athletic like I played basketball. Like my sister is a volleyball player, so she didn't like we didn't like cross paths at all. But I think it's easier for my sister because like she's more athletic than I am. Mm-hmm. Like naturally, they're their own person. They can do what they want, whatever they want to do, and it's like their journey, not right. Right. Yeah, I just think it's it's normal for like humans to do that, even though it's not such a good thing. Like, we see, you know, Bronny. Everyone compares him to, you know, his dad because of who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though he's good, like, like we can be honest, there's never going to be another LeBron James. You know, it doesn't matter if he's saying he, like, he might be better than him. Um, 
or he could be like not not do as much as his dad could have done but you know at the end of the day is you know everyone's different mm-hmm. yeah no uh that's kind of like super sad for like players on that level mm-hmm. because like that's even more than you guys like that's right. that's his whole life <laughs> like oh he's always going to get compared to something that he'll never know that he can do or not like there's so much pressure on that little boy. <laughs> like he's a freshman in high school. Like why are you comparing him to a 30 year old man? Like <laughs> that is crazy. That's so crazy. He's 15, like 14, 15, compared to somebody twice his age. Yeah, that's wild. Who was in a different position? Like LeBron didn't have what Bronny does. Right. Like he didn't have. Like it came different for him. So, like, there's a different dog that LeBron James has and Bronny does. Not saying right. Bronny's never going to get to that dog level, but Bron had to do so much, like, grind and so much. Like, he didn't have it the way Bronny does. So, it was just, like, the man that he made out of himself rather than the way media is making Bronny. Right. that make sense? Do you guys feel that way about, like, being at, like, well-respected basketball programs? Like, you have to live up to a certain potential or hype? Because I of your program's history, most definitely, especially just being at UConn, like we're we're expected to win every single game, no matter who we're playing. And our alumni think that because that's what they did. That, because uh, that's what that's all they know. Our coaches think that, and I think we have it. We have a mindset as a team because that's that's what like the culture is here, <clears throat> is that we win games, and we don't lose, and we win championships. So it's it's being being at Connecticut is definitely very different. Because that culture has been set in stone for so long, so it's it's like it is what it is here. Right. I feel like I feel like that's the difference between teams that win and teams that lose in the Elite Eight mm-hmm. is like their expectations versus them just oh yeah like we're one game away from the Final Four like we're one right. week, we're one weekend away like we did good like. Right. Like you guys like like based on what you're telling me is like you guys have a no stopping like. We're not stopping until we're like until there's no, nobody left. <laughs> like it's just us. Exactly. Like there's there's no celebration when we get to Elite Eight. There's no celebration when we get to the Final Four. We'll celebrate. You know when we get we have our trophy in our hand. Like that's that's our expectation. Right. And what's crazy? He's only been here for two months. Right. <laughs> like, in that exactly. You see, like that's you like see a how, culture. How like just a whole culture exactly. that that whole program has. Like y'all have both been on good basketball teams like your whole lives. Huh? So like. That's kind of all you know, anyways. Right. And I feel like that's all that, that's all they're gonna recruit is players that know that. Yeah. Why would you mm-hmm. recruit a loser? Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and by, but by coming here, like you know what you're getting yourself into. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I believe that. And that's why. Yeah, I think- it's crazy. Just just talking to, we call him coach. Talking to Coach Gino, um, in itself, is like. Everyone, when he's when he's talking, like it's dead silence. You can drop a pin and hear that thing drop. Like if we have the utmost respect for him, um, for like what he's done for the program and just like just all of our coaches, um, and it's and it's it's still like that with our alumni. So just like you said, like just the culture and just itself is just a lot different. Imagine being a new coach, not in his program, but any program. How do you think you could? bring a winning culture i think you have to like it's gotta it's gotta be like your style like like when i was at my last spot in tennessee there was never going to be a pat summit another pat summit Mm -hmm. 
you know, so a lot of people were comparing our old coach to Pat Sim, you know, oh, she's she's not passionate to do this or, you know, no duh. Like Pat is like she was a one and only. Like yeah. to be great, you have to come up with your ways to get your get your players to buy into what you're giving them, to buy into what you're saying. And that's how it was for AAU. Kelly Sopak, our AAU coach, he he gave us, you know, this game plan. We all bought into his system. That's mm-hmm. why we were so that's why we were all so successful. Here at UConn, we all buy into what coach is saying. So that's why we're so successful. We're on the same page all the time. And like there's 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 no other way around it. Sure, the coach has to have his coaching identity, but it also comes with, like you said, the players that you're recruiting. Like you're not gonna recruit a loser, you're gonna want to recruit players that share the same common goal as you. Mm-hmm. But obviously that's harder when a kid is just gonna say the right answer rather than what he really feels. But you right. can watch a player until Oh yeah, until hundred percent. Mm-hmm. But when you get what is it, three and a half months out of the year to recruit a player? You're not seeing that day-in, day-out grind, how you're going to see it when they step on campus. Yeah, but, I mean, when you've been doing it for so long, you can you can tell 99% of the time. Yeah, so I was having a conversation with Charlie Turner Thorne, ASU women's basketball coach, and we were just talking about, like, there's three types of players. There's there's players that are, that are here. They want to achieve the highest level of success. Mm-hmm. Well, not, not here as in ASU, but here as in, like, college basketball man or woman it doesn't matter we're just talking chopping it up about coaching and just Mm -hmm. recruiting and things like that there's three type of players man or woman players that are here and they make the most of their opportunity like for obviously for schools like you guys you guys have amazing training facilities where you can get everything take taken care of or maybe it's a d3 where they don't have as much but they at least have a gym where they can get in the gym and do their work Mm -hmm. and then there's players that are happy to have their scholarship and are content with uh, content with being wherever they're at as long as they're on the roster. And then there's right. players that are, like, once they got there, that was the end goal for them. They don't really care. And right. it's funny because I, like, I coach an AAU team, and I was kind of talking to the – I was kind of talking to the kids about that. They're 15-year-old boys, and I was kind of telling them, like, when it gets to this point, like, you can get out-recruited. So, like, everybody needs to have that mentality – that coach Charlie described to me with like player model number one, like being here and never settling for less. Unfortunately, a lot of players are uh, not thinking that way. I agree with that. Um, I don't know. I feel like we could talk forever, so I could stop it here. Uh, you guys want to get out like your social media or anything like that. Anyone can like follow you guys and, watch your basketball journey as the year goes on and um yeah um, my instagram is avina underscore 22 twitter is just avina westbrook um but yeah (laughs) there's twitter with two s's instagram with one great and i am find.noah on instagram and at real (laughs) on right <laughs> I'll explain. I can explain. I can explain off the record, okay? But uh, at Real Noah Scott on Twitter, this is the More You Know podcast. Thank you very much for.